have landed on the Business Conservatory Podcast. This is a transparency-driven podcast helping you understand your unlimited earning potential. If you are ready to crush it with your business, let's go. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be one of my absolute favorites. I already know it because it is a 2022 year-end review. Anytime I'm on a YouTube channel, anytime I'm on a podcast, these end up always being my favorite because the idea of stepping back from the year, almost viewing it in third-person perspective and evaluating everything is not only mega beneficial, but I feel like it gives me more perspective in my life and in my business than really any time of year. And that's how it should be. I feel like we should all go into every new year with a clean slate, but I know for many of us, it doesn't always feel like that. So my hope is that not only by sharing these breakthroughs, you're going to be able to get something out of the points that I share, but hopefully this allows you to incorporate better questions to ask yourself at the end of each year to make your business 10 times more impactful. So why am I doing a 2022 year in review? Why am I talking about this? Why is this important? I feel like many of you don't get the chance to know who I am. You maybe don't know that I have my hands deep in so many businesses, not only my own businesses, which I have three, but I also manage and work with on an agency level, many other businesses where I get to see how their customers interact. I get to see how their ads are doing. I get to see what their audiences says. And so in doing this, not only are you learning about my business, but you're kind of getting a temperature reading overall of what I'm noticing within the scope of the creative industry. So I'm really excited about that. I do also want to just give a little bit of a trigger warning to anyone listening to this episode who maybe is in a particularly vulnerable state. Just know I'm looking out for you. If that is you, please just, this is your invitation to go on to the next episode because I don't want to put any of you in a tough spot. So without further ado, let's dive in. And by the way, this is in no particular order. So first point is that the act of asking questions is extremely underutilized. What do I mean by that? So the act of asking questions to your audience, specifically asking customer feedback or asking their opinions on what they'd like to see or getting feedback on what they thought of a program that you recently launched or or something that they want to know more about you. Overall, businesses are not asking enough questions of their audience. And I know why this is, right? And you, you'll probably fall under one of two categories. Either you don't ask questions because maybe you're afraid of like, oh, if I ask these questions, they might think I'm dumb or they might think I'm not smart enough to know the answer. Or maybe you fall on the opposite end of the spectrum, which is you feel like you know your audience so well that you don't have to ask them questions. And I just want to implore you that no matter what bucket you fall in, A, I, I understand you and I hear you, but... Many of us forget that it's not always about the answers that we get, but the act of asking that really aligns with our audience and allows us to come forward with that sense of generosity and camaraderie that many of your audience members are craving. So if you're not thinking about needing it for data or if you if you don't feel like you need it for any other reason, simply the act of asking questions speaks volumes to you as an educator. I know that when I watched a recent episode of Marketing for the Now with Gary Vee, he said that he spends all of his time 
going through his videos and seeing what questions people are asking because he understands that the relationship that we as business owners and our customers have through the questions that are asked can dramatically change the trajectory of our customer experiences. And so A, you're not asking enough questions, but B, also make sure you're taking the time to understand what questions are being asked. When you understand the questions that are being asked, you can obviously go through and create your content with that in mind. So if you've ever felt like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask, like, I just don't want to send people the message that I don't know what I'm doing. I want to implore you that not only will you not look stupid, but you will look 10 times more generous than you ever imagined. And that is the kind of energy we want to put into 2023. We want to look like we know what we're doing, but we also want to look like we're in this for our audience, right? We're in this for them. We're in this to serve. We're in this to be transparent and we're with them. We are here for them. And that is what our customers deserve too. So with all of this being said, one of the best ways that you can do this quickly and completely flip the script is simply just by asking more questions on a regular basis on your stories or your short form video. I want you to ask questions like, what do you think about this topic? What do you want to hear more from me? What have I shared with you recently that really resonated with you? And you will find your audience infinitely more connected with you as a result. And I think you're really going to just find it super interesting. I love hearing what my audience has to say. And I mean, you know me, the geek in me is always like, oh, this is really good data. And I always save that data and compile it. Like I'll take screenshots and I'll be like, what did my audience say? Like, what was the feedback? What was their answer to the question? But beyond that, I love the idea of just having a more intimate connection with them. So there are unlimited benefits to doing this. So let's dive into number two. So this one is actually something I kind of figured out recently. This was something that I'd kind of been dwindling in my head for much of the year, but I really solidified my belief in it really recently. And that is the act of niching down in your business or overly specializing can only get you so far. And this can apply in a number of ways, right? Maybe you and your business have niched down to a specific audience because you want your audience to feel incredibly connected to what you offer. And I don't want to be here and be like, hey, that's the wrong way of doing business. And so that's not the message that I'm sending at all. But what I'm saying is, if you're someone that is so hungry and so motivated, and you anticipate that your niche is going to get you to 2 million, 3 million, 5 million, like anything beyond like 250,000, you're really putting yourself in a tough spot by niching down. When you expand your audience, there are unlimited benefits. And I get the question all the time where people will ask me, they're just like, well, I want to create content, but like I feel kind of pigeonholed with what my message is because I'm trying to speak to these people. And I want to tell you that instead of framing your business in a way where everything is kind of honed in on this niche, I want you to view yourself as becoming your own niche. Let me say that again. I want you to become your own niche. For many of you, this is going to be the first time that you've heard a statement like that. I know when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. But truly, when you think about it, you are a vast individual. You are expansive. There are many interests that can really, when shared, feed into your business in a really positive way. And when you decide that you're not going to have everything so overly specialized, not only does it allow you to really like tap into that 
special aspect of you that's just a multifaceted individual and a multifaceted human being. But this also just makes you and your presence online seem more relatable. I think everyone can feel more connected with you on multiple different facets. Like, for example, one of the things that I'm trying to do more of is I'm trying to share my love of food. And I'm trying to share that I have two desserts at every meal, or not every meal, every dinner, but pretty much after every meal. And I want that to be something that is expressed a lot, not because I'm trying to make it like a pillar, so to speak, but because I want to invite people in to me being the niche and my niche catering to more than just my career or more than just the finished outcome of what I'm doing. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about, okay, rather than just having content created just for this small subset of people, I want to create content, not only focusing on what I do and what I offer, but the other aspects that make me an expansive individual. And I think when you start thinking that way, you start granting yourself more permission to create the way you want to create, and it gives you more opportunities to see what's possible. Now, some of you are probably like, no, I don't want to pivot my business again. And I promise this isn't a hard pivot. And this isn't dramatically asking you to change anything. This is just opening up the sieve, so to speak, of what you're able to talk about. You're no longer confined. You can open things up to maybe include something that you do all of the time in your free time that just allows you to feel fully enriched maybe share about your family life, things that matter to you. We are no longer in 2022, 2023, just focusing on niching down as experts. We are becoming our own niches. And I hope that's incredibly motivating and incredibly inspiring for all of you. I know it is for me. I had a talk with my good friend, Chelsea, and she gave me so much insight into how I can incorporate my personal life into my business. That was so mind-opening because I was so centered on niching. I didn't see any room for any other possibilities. So when I had that conversation, that was so helpful. And if you ever want to have that conversation, I highly recommend you reaching out to her because she's fantastic. So number three, point number three, most creative business owners, and tell me if this is you, most creative business owners operate from a largely reactionary place. Let me say that again. Most creative business owners operate from a largely reactionary place and they base a lot of their productivity on their emotions. Now, I'm not going to come here and tell you all of the teachings of toxic productivity culture because I'm not one to just tell you to be productive just for the sake of being productive. And I know that there's a lot of content out there that's really centered on productivity for productivity's sake. And what I'm trying to get at is when I talk about productivity, I acknowledge that you as an individual have your own wants, your own goals, and your own needs that you're trying to actionably make happen. And when I talk about productivity, I'm specifically referring to going through the motions of trying to make your goals and dreams a reality. And those things don't just happen just by sitting and manifesting. It's it's partial manifesting, but a lot of it is through action. And that action kind of more or less continues to allow us to make that a reality and manifest that through our actions. A lot of word jargon, a lot of talk there, but many people center their whole productivity around their emotions. And 
if that is you, you've probably felt in more ways than one incredibly frustrated on days where you've thought about doing something and you wanted to get something done, but it didn't happen. And you're, you're just stressing yourself out and feeling kind of low-key shamed for what you did or didn't do. Hello, me. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. I am a, an extremely reactionary business owner. And so when I'm giving you this point three, this is very much me explaining my, my real world understanding and my own awakenings. And if you want me to talk about this point further, I would love to share this and do an episode on this. But the best thing that you can do is think about what are the things that you can feel like you can realistically do whenever you find yourself in a okay place, in a bad place, in an unmotivated space. Because whether we like to admit it or not, even though we don't feel like it, there's always something we can do, right? And I give the example of if I'm having a really bad day, I'll usually find myself on social media anyway. So when it comes to any of the tasks that I have to do that are social media centered, it's a natural step in the right direction for me to say, you know what, I feel bad today, but in order to feel just a little bit closer to my dreams and no longer feel kind of attached to that guilt and shame, I can go respond to comments. I can go comment on other creators' accounts and give them support. I can go give more thorough feedback on my friend's posts that she posted recently. There are things that I can do no matter what state I'm in. And so for you, identifying, okay, what is that thing that I feel like I'm able to do no matter what, even if I'm in a bad mood. And I'm not talking about that hard thing that you keep putting off or that thing that you just procrastinate on endlessly. I'm saying if you were to get really honest with yourself, what would that look like? What would it look like to be able to do even just the smallest thing on a bad day so you didn't have to feel gross about it? And I promise you, I once I was able to chart out what I was able to do when I was unmotivated or when I was not feeling good or when I was feeling like, ah, so-so, my productivity radically changed because I was no longer putting all the screws and all the pressure on the good days and then having that vast polarization of like, it was either all or nothing. And I'll be honest, like my mental health has been the biggest thing holding me back. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. When I think about where I'm at and where I want to be, a huge reason why I'm not where I want to be is because there have just been a significant number of days where I just felt like I couldn't get out of bed or where I felt like absolutely crippled with, with grief or anxiety. And there was just so much that I was dealing with that if I would have just taken the time to be really honest with myself earlier on, I would have truly been able to say, you know what, this is something that I can do. And and that's enough. When you're able to do it that way, you also give yourself a whole lot more grace than you would if it was kind of like an all or nothing thing. And what I do, I actually have linked in the notes, I have a creation matrix, which is a quadrant system where you can literally just take it write on it all you want, or you can make your own on helping you chart out what can I do on great days to help me be more infinitely impactful? What can I do on those okay days? What can I do on those unmotivated days? And when I was able to suss that out, that helped me out so much. The beautiful thing too, is you don't have to feel like this is set in stone. This is something that could change on a week to week level. I would say Sunday evening before the week usually starts, I, I'll plot my creation matrix and I will be like, okay, what do I think I have going on this week? How do I think I'm going to be feeling each of those days? Because many of you 
we'll we'll kind of loosely know what's happening with your week and you can kind of give a good guess as to how your week's going to go right like oh thursday i have to take johnny and sally to school and then i have to do this i'm probably going to feel pretty stressed that day so i'm not going to give myself all of the pressure of doing the stuff i do on a good day on there and you start planning your week kind of more or less in a predictive way towards your moods and i found i've been getting really really accurate with that Of course, there's always exceptions where like, maybe I think I'm going to have a good day and it's not so good of a day. But the fact that I'm doing something and the fact that it is helping me get just a little bit closer to my dreams allows me to not feel the burden and the shame that I used to be carrying all the time. And that's the name of the game, right? We want to eliminate that guilt and shame because that's just not serving us in any way. So when I realized that I was navigate my business in a largely reactionary state, I was able to plan out my schedule around my moods and it it changed everything for me. So if you raise your hand and feel like, yep, highly sensitive person over here, 100% recommend this. I don't want you to have to feel like you have to shove your feelings down and be someone you're not. Or like maybe maybe you're normally good, but you're just going through a really hard time right now or something happened that is just really crippling you. I don't want you to feel the burden and the shame that I don't want you to have to carry that. So anyway, I've hit the I've hit the horse too much on this one. Um, But hopefully that makes sense. And I'd love for you to give that a try. That's helped me so much. The last and final point that I have, point four, is a really personal one. This one is going to just really dive into some heavy stuff. So again, this is where this is where the trigger warning really happens. So many of you know, and many of you don't know, about beginning of July, I had just left to go on my big brand shoot, right? Like all the photos that you see on my website, I made this special trip to fly out to Palm Springs. Now I was going to do this big brand shoot. And I was so excited. We did the shoot. I was really happy. And I got back from the shoot and my dad said that I needed to give him a call. And I gave him a call. My brothers were on the phone and they had told me that my brother Scott had passed away. And not only that he passed away, but it, it was suicide. And that was something that, man, it just, it feels so interesting to talk about it right now because the holidays always seem to be especially hard for people when it comes to the topic of suicide. And I realize that this is just a heavy, heavy, heavy topic. But this was this was my biggest learning of all. And, and I hope that that it can provide you comfort in the fact that when that happened, that fundamentally shifted who I was as a business owner. And I don't mean that in like the cliche way that you kind of anticipate someone would say when they're talking about, you know, oh, this changed my life. I don't mean it in a cliche way at all. But I I had this really, really deep awakening. And I had never experienced tragic grief like that before. Like I had experienced grief in the sense that like, literally just a few months before my grandma died, I've had a friend that's passed away. This isn't my first brush with death is what I'm saying. But this was different because this was tragic death. And what I took away from this is not only a message to me and a message to all of you, but this is this is the message that I would have given my brother if I had the chance to talk to him. So this message is it's never too late to be the person that you want to be. And I get really heavy about this topic because my brother was an entrepreneur. He was a real estate agent. And before all of this had happened, he was really going through the throes of just wondering where his clients were going to come from 
and just how heavy that feels. Obviously, there was a lot of other stuff surrounding it that was family related, but many entrepreneurs are so keenly aware of how devastating it feels when you feel and truly think that you're trying everything that you possibly can. And it just seems like nothing seems to be working out. And he was super talented. He was so smart. He was really good. And honestly, I think his headspace convinced him that nothing was ever going to change for him. Now, I know on a personal level through my own experience, I know what that feeling is like, but I also have emerged from that place many different times. Many of you don't know, we relocated a whole lot. The first six or seven years of our business, we lived in eight different states. So I restarted my business each and every time with a new audience. And so I know what it feels like to be in this place where you're just like, I don't know what's possible for me. I really want to make this happen because this is my passion, but I don't see it. And he wanted to be that person. And he convinced himself that it was too late that there was some imaginary time frame that he had missed out on or like a, an imaginary boat that sailed away that if he had just would have done this a few months ago then he would have all the leads that he wanted and i don't want to minimize what his struggle was because like i said there was so much surrounding that but i i would be lying if i didn't say that this contributed in a pretty major way to his headspace being really tough and to, to him and to you, whatever it is that you're wanting to do that you haven't achieved yet, it isn't too late. It isn't too late for you to start that. It isn't too late for you to be the type of person you want to become. It is never going to do you any good to convince yourself that, oh, well, I can't be in this space because it's too saturated. or I can't be here because there's no space for me. There's always space for you. And when you become your own niche, throw back to that point too earlier, part of that experience will help you realize how much this world needs you and how there's plenty of space for you. So if you're the type of person that's been putting it off on the fence, wondering what 2023 looks like for you and thinking about how you're going to make it the best year yet, I think the thing that you can do to make it your best year yet is to give yourself a real shot and a real crack at the things you truly love. And the things that are holding you back hold no space when you realize that there's always tomorrow. You can manage your emotions. You can structure your days in a way that allow you to succeed. You can ask questions that allow you to feel connected to your audience. You can be the business owner that you want to be, and you can leave precisely the impact that you want to leave. So I leave this with you, and I'm telling you here that I can't wait to show up for you guys in 2023. I'm here for you. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. I'm incredibly moved, almost to tears sometimes, at the level of trust that you guys have in me to to listen and hear me out. (laughs) For how long is this? 25 minutes now? Thank you guys so much. I truly mean it. I, I look forward to an absolutely stellar 2023 with you. Guys, thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. Bye.